What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. On today's episode, I'll be talking about Draymond Green's comments on the 96 Bulls and saying that the 17 Warriors would beat those bull, that Bulls team by a dub. We'll also be getting into our, our season uh, predictions for Io DeSumo as he was named by Bleach Report as the most underrated Chicago Bull. We'll get into all that and more on today's Chicago Bulls Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, thank you for joining. You can be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me today on Chicago Bulls Central, and it's much appreciated. And so we're going to jump into it and talk about Draymond Green's comments on the 96 Chicago Bulls. Now, he did say that the 17 Warriors would beat them by a dub, which I think is just ridiculous, but you got to have confidence in your team. I do respect the confidence of Draymond Green as well. Like, let, let's be clear on that. I'm not saying anything against that at all. But, you know, to bury the lead, the 96 Bulls are winning this series. But let's talk about it, right? And it's difficult to, to compare teams from different eras. I think that there's a unique thing with the Chicago Bulls team that does allow a, a little bit more of a comparison, clear comparison to be made. But just, just to be honest, it's difficult to compare teams from different eras. You get a lot of, a lot of disrespect now towards MJ, towards the Bulls, you hear people like, oh, MJ played against plumbers, dumbasses, right? I'm saying that from the top. I don't care if you get in your feelings about it. Fuck you. I don't give a fuck. If you got the nerve to sit there and say, well, the Bulls played against plumbers, like all that, you don't know the game. So you need to shut the fuck up. But with that being said, let's talk about this, this matchup between these two teams and what that would mean, what that could possibly look like, right? And the thing is, is that when you look at the matchups of the team, the Bulls don't have anybody at the point guard position that I think would be able to stand up defensively to Steph Curry. But then you have interesting matchups almost at every other position. You have um, Michael Jordan, Clay Thompson. Great, great, good match. That'll be that would be a fun, fun, fun um, uh, matchup to see is Clay Thompson against the against uh, Michael Jordan. But the greatest player in the world, Michael Jordan, is going to make Clay Thompson be like, "Hey, man, listen, what just happened? What just happened to me here?" Uh, but with that being said, it'll be interesting offensive defensive matchup to see what happens between those two t uh, players that are both solid on both sides of the ball. Michael Jordan's the greatest. Let's be clear with that one. Next up, you got you got uh Scottie Pippen, Kevin Durant. That is, I would love to see a series with that before that alone. Like, how does that end up shaping up? Like, what does that turn into? Scottie Pippen, who sometimes people forget just how much how great and amazing of a defensor he was, defensive player he was. But yeah, I'm not saying that he I think on Lockdown Bulls, I said that he would he would he would he would completely nullify Kevin Durant. And by that, I don't mean that he's necessarily going to shut down Kevin Durant. But I think what and how how hard he makes Kevin Durant work on the on the offensive end is then and then turn around and on the defensive end as well. I think that's going to be one of the most interesting matchups in that. But then you have Draymond Green and Dennis Rodman, two tough players. Uh, Draymond gets the dirty title nowadays, playing back there in the '90s in a more physical game. Would love to see it. I think that would be a hell of a matchup. But as something that I alluded to earlier, the Bulls have a player in this that I think blows this matchup out the water. Right. And that's Tony Kukoc. And I know people are going to hear that and say, what do you mean? Like, Tony Kukoc was a bench player. Tony Kukoc in today's game, to me, in today's game, will give you a similar impact to Luka Doncic. When you look at, at Tony Kukoc, what he was able to do um, shooting-wise, coming off the bench, his passing, just being a versatile player. You're looking at a player in 26 minutes, back then off the bench, giving 13 points per game on 49% on shooting from the field, 40% shooting from three-point range. Um, listen. Especially if they're playing in the in the '96 era, you, I still didn't even mention Steve Kerr, which is the connective tissue between these two teams, as he's the coach of the of the Golden State Warriors and the player on on the Chicago Bulls. But Steve Kerr in that season, 
over 50% from the field, 50% from three-point range. Michael Jordan, one of his best three-point shooting seasons as well, 42% from three-point range. So when you're looking at either error, right, I'm not saying that you want to get into a shooting matchup with the Golden State Warriors because you don't want to do that in your if you're playing in today's era. But I do look at Tony Kukoc, Steve Kerr, um, and the rest of the players as being in, in this generation, Tony Kukoc has a bigger impact on the game and is more versatile. You're talking about at that point, the Bulls running Tony Kukoc as the starting four, unless you move Scotty to that position. But either way, you're moving Tony Kukoc into that starting lineup and Dennis Rodman starting at center for the Chicago Bulls, that completely changes the outlook of that, of how you have to match up if it's in today's era. And yes, that Warriors team still did have Andre Iguodala, who can come in, do some things, they'll probably insert him into the starting lineup, go small as well. David West, who gave, gave the, the, the Warriors some things too in a couple of games this year. But listen, it's not the impact that those players would have on the Chicago Bulls. I'm telling you, if this matchup were to happen in either era, especially if it was to happen in the 90s era, you're talking about a way more physical game. You're talking about a game that was played differently, that was officiated very differently. And while Steph Curry still has a shooting range that, that may completely blow that system up, I'm looking at what the Bulls were, would be able to do, and I'm saying, no, the Bulls are still going to take that out. And if you played in today's era, with that change of, of inserting Tony Kukoc into that starting lineup, changing the dynamics a little bit more that way, listen, I have the Bulls winning. That series. I have the boy. Like I said, I'm not saying it's going to be a sweep. I'm not saying it's going to be a bunch of blowouts. It's going to be a tough series, but I trust the Chicago Bulls. And that's not even to mention they have the greatest player of all time. Yes, the, the Warriors have the greatest shooter of all time, but the Chicago Bulls have the greatest player of all time in Michael Jeffrey Jordan. They're winning that series. Let me know what you guys think about it down below on who you think is going to come out in that series on top. But let's move on. Main topic of today's episode is Io DeSumo and, and Bleacher Report. Picked him as the Bulls' most underrated player. At the end of this episode, I'll get into who I actually think is the most underrated player on the Chicago Bulls, in my opinion. I completely understand Io DeSumo being the pick there. No disrespect to Io. Io's amazing. You guys already know Io, Io is, is amazing, right? So, but I want to do use this to, to transition into continuing my predictions on the next season for Bulls players. And we're going to do Io DeSumo today. And go, let's go over Io's rookie year, his rookie stats. 8.8 .8 points per game on 52% shooting. 59% true shooting, right? That takes into, into effect three-point shooting, uh, free throw shooting, and, and uh, two-point field goal shooting. 59% true shooting, 37% from the, from the three-point range in this season, 2.8 rebounds, 2.4 of those rebounds being defensive rebounds a game, and 3.3 assists per game for Ayo Sumu in his rookie campaign. Now, he had a PER of 11.23, which isn't anything to write home about. Again, rookie year, we know he hit the rookie wall. The whole Bulls team kind of fell off a cliff in the second half of the season. As we're going to go over, that definitely happened to Io DeSumo as well. 115.4 defensive rating, which isn't the best at all. That's not great. Um, you want to see that improve for him as well. 14% usage rate. Now, that 14% usage rate was interesting to me because you hear a lot of Bulls fans talk about the fact that Io had a better, better and bigger impact than Patrick Williams in Patrick Williams' rookie season. Their stats, as far as numbers-wise, are very, very similar, if not almost exactly the same in a lot of areas. That usage rate is basically the exact same between the both players in their rookie campaign, showing, hey, offensively, they're not going to get a lot of possessions. But Io DeSumo, what he was defensively, yeah, that defensive rating at 115 isn't the best, but we know that Io DeSumo had a great defensive impact in games, and this is why stats don't always paint the full picture. They help you paint that full picture, but they're not the full picture themselves. Let's go over Io as his role increased as well. I, and, you know, I know we know that his role increased, but I think when we talk about it and verbalize it, it's going to be a bit surprising over just how much incre it increased. So in November, 
I mean, sorry, in October, his the first month of the season, Io played five games. In those five games, 11 minutes per game, 2.6 points per game, 1.8 rebounds, one assist per game. He shot the ball at 25% shooting that month, but that was his lowest month of the season. In December, made another leap, right? Um, going into that, I'm sorry, in November, we skipped November. In November, went up six minutes per game, 17.3 minutes per game in Io DeSumo in his second month of the season, 6.8 points per game. Um, 52% shooting overall from the field, which saw a big uptick, right? Um, two rebounds per game, a little bit less than an assist per game. Then December, December came another uptick in, in IO's minutes, about eight minutes more per game in that one, 25 minutes per game, 7.5 points per game, a 71% shooting overall from the field and 28% three point shooting. He didn't take very many threes that, that month overall. He only took a total in the month of December, less than 10 threes that month. Right, less than ten threes in a month. Um, that one of the lowest months. He averaged less than a less than a, a three point attempt per game in that one, and that's something we're going to talk about as well. Fifty percent shooting from um, free throw range as well. Another uptick in January, which saw Io crack thirty minutes per game for the first time, and he pretty much maintained that until we got to the playoffs. Thirty two minutes a game for Io Desumu in the month of January. Ten points per game. Fifty two percent shooting from the field. As well, there that three point uh, uh, number rate went up way high. So, where while he averaged in the month of December less than a three point attempt per game, in the month of January, he averaged between 1.3 and 2.8 three point attempts per game and hit that at a 44% clip. Huge uptick for him. The month of February, another one, 36 minutes per game, 10 points per game, another 50% shooting month uh, from the field, 37% shooting from three, 3.5 rebounds per game, and 6.5 assists per game. For Io in the month of February, month of March, 30 minutes per game, 9.3 points per game. And then April, his best statistical month, but it only came via via five games, 30, 30 um, minutes per game, 13.8 points per game, 3.4 rebounds, 3.4 assists, a, a, over a still and a half a game uh, per, per game for Io DeSumo. 54% shooting from the field and 42% shooting from three-point range, averaging between 1.2 and 2.8 three-point attempts per game. Now, we saw Io have a terrible postseason. In the postseason, he started off in game one, 22 minutes per game, 29 per, uh, minutes in game two, 18 minutes in game three, seven and nine minutes in game four and five, respectively. He averaged 17 minutes per game in the playoffs for Io DeSumo, only four points per game, 30% shooting from the field, 23% shooting from, um, from three-point range. It was not a good playoffs for Io DeSumo. But that really comes back to what we talked about before. Io DeSumo's role increased so much that season. He played more games than what he played at, in, at, in his basketball career last season. And we saw him hit that rookie wall. And we saw him and the team fall off after a certain point in time. So it makes it, go, going into next season, predicting Io, it's, it, it's hard because it's hard to even predict his role, right? We don't know what role Io DeSumo is going to be playing next season. With Lonzo Ball, like he could be starting. If Lonzo Ball is not ready to go, Io DeSumo could very well be our starting point guard Day one for the Chicago Bulls. And if if Lonzo is ready to go, we'll see we'll see Io come off the bench. Now that completely changes the way that you have to predict for a player if they're going to be a bench player versus if they're going to be in the starting lineup. But I'm gonna try to do my best here. Looking at Io, the shooting percentages I want to see stay the same. Even if they dip a little bit at, at 50% shooting uh, uh from field goal range, 59% true shooting, 37% shooting from three-point range for his career. And as we went over, he had some months where he laid complete goose eggs um from three-point range i would assume was a scorer in college as we see if he can incorporate that more into his nba game it's going to make it 
it's going to make it interesting to see how he progresses as far as PER, efficiency. Uh, the usage rate, I do expect to go up. I think he's going to be trusted more in his second year. So with that being said, if he can keep those averages near the same, even if they drop a little bit, if he can stay around 49 to 52% shooting from the field, let's say even between 33 to 37% shooting from three-point range, with the increased confidence, which we'll talk about here in a second, I'm looking at Iowa's possibly getting anywhere between 11 points per game for the Chicago Bulls to 14 points per game for the Chicago Bulls in his second season. The assists, I think that's going to kick up, especially if he's the starter, I think that's going to kick up to about four or five assists per game. And then we're looking at probably about four rebounds per game from Ayo Desumu. The biggest thing that I want to see increase from Ayo Desumu is going to be that defensive rating. When I did Zach Levine's prediction, I talked about Zach Levine going, how big of a leap it would be going from the 115 down to a 110. But Io, I know, is a much better defender than Zach Levine. So even though Io was in that similar 115 defensive rating range, I want to see Io's defensive rating go from that 115 to about 108 to 109.5 in his second season for, for Io DeSumo. If that happens, as well as an increased role, more confidence, because we did see a lot of games last season in which Io passed up shots. He did not take shots during stretches of game, down, down in crunch time of games, because he just did not have the confidence. And as a rookie, that's okay. But coming into your second season, which your role is clearly defined, you're going to be a big piece of what this team does. Everyone knows Io DeSumo is going to be a huge piece for the Chicago Bulls in their rotation. Because of that, I want to see, I think that he's going to see an increase. I want to see that defensive um, rating increase. I want to see his confidence increase. We talk a lot about Patrick Williams' confidence, but I confidence did absolutely affect Ayo DeSumo in a lot of games last season, even after his role was defined, and he clearly was going to be a big part of the Bulls' rotation. With those things improving, we're looking at, like I said, averages. Just to go over it again, I'm saying between 11 to 14 points per game for Ayo DeSumo, and it could be more than that, especially if he's the starter, but 11 to 14 games for Ayo DeSumo four rebounds per game, about five assists per game for Ayo DeSumo as well. I think he can hit those numbers. But the biggest thing, outside of the numbers, the the increased PER, that PER is not great, right? It's not great. He gets a pass because he's rookie. But 11.23 PER, I, I want to see Ayo be a more effective and efficient player. And if that efficiency increases, like I said, even if those percentages go down, you're still looking at a hell of a player. So if I want to see Ayo's PER hopefully get more towards the 16 to 17 range as we get closer to getting him to be more of an 18 PR type player. That's what I want to see for Io. Is it too much to ask in the second year? Possibly. But that's the confidence that I do have in Io to Sumo. And I think that Io can do those numbers and be very effective at it. That's what I think. That's what I hope for Io to Sumo. Let me know what you guys think about all that down below. On that now, I did say I was going to end the show giving my most uh, underrated bull. And while Io to Sumo is a great pick there, and I don't disagree with that being anybody's pick, when I look at it again, I, and this may be me being jaded because of me doing this and having this platform, is that it seems like amongst Bulls Nation, the disrespect being towards the, uh, thrown towards Vooch makes me have to name him as the Bulls' most underrated player because when you look at a player that is top 5 to 10 in every statistical category for his position, right? And we also went over his defensive rating as well, not as bad as some people make it seem. Yes, definitely the weakest part of his game. But when you look at some Bulls fans in Bulls Nation, even somebody on this channel going so far as to saying Vooch gives you empty stats, idiot. I have to pick Nikola Vucevic as my most underrated bull because what he gives you, an 18 and 11 player, right, with great efficiency, even with the down year of three-point shooting, he still had one of the highest three-point shooting percentages 
at his position, which center, I know not a lot of centers shoot three-point, but again, we're talking center-wise. I have to, like, people talk about Vooch now as if he's, like, this bottom-tier center when he's actually one of the top 10 centers in the NBA, clearly, by every metric that you can get. So, for me, Nikola Vucevic is the Bulls' most underrated player because of the way that the, the conversation around him has been happening the last few months. So that's who I pick as the Bulls' most underrated player, but I want to hear from you guys. Who do you think is the most underrated player on the Chicago Bulls? Let me know down below. But that is it for me for today. Thank you so much for joining me and being the best part of Chicago Bulls Central. If you want to follow the show, make sure you do so at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and a voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. Chicago Bulls Central is the number one place for everything Chicago Bulls really not because of me, but because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. And see, live red, people. Live red. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.